Hello everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon, I am the host of the Big Monday Show. My co-host, Barry Spears, will be with us right after the first short break. We have uh, quite a few races to talk about. Pennsylvania Derby, uh, Tyba is back, better than ever. Uh, other observations from the card on uh, on Saturday, a couple other things we'll talk about here and there. Maybe a little preview of this weekend. A lot of a lot of stakes action. Maybe not the greatest stakes, but uh, there's lots of stakes action. Anyways, we'll be back with uh, Mr. Spears. Just uh, one minute. So Barry came up with an excellent idea. A Saratoga racing block, the Going in Circles daily Saratoga racing block. Patterned sort of after the great Stephen Christ, who, when he worked for the racing form, did a Saratoga daily block. Uh, Steve retired several years ago, and we figured, what the hell, let's, let's try to put our own together. And so far, it's gone seemingly... Well, if you haven't seen it, check it out at goingincirclesdigest.substack.com or we put the link up every day on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, all sorts of social media. Uh, Check it out. Mr. Spears. Mr. Simon. Uh, have you made all your hurricane preparations? I am prepped. Are you a prepper? Doomsday prepper. You're not preppy. Definitely not preppy. No. Yes. Well, depends. So it appears you, your, your area should survive the hurricane. Every Everyone on the west coast of Florida seems like it death is imminent according to the weather channel hey man i was i was i was looking at the weather reports and and they, they act like you know armageddon is upon us and they did this the last hurricane we had which was a couple of years ago and nothing happened I'm not saying that's going to happen this time and i think something's going to happen but i i just can't fathom it being worse than what they're saying yeah, they uh, they tend to get a little uh, a over the top. That doesn't mean that hurricanes aren't no they're problems, but crazy. they um, you know you see the the devastation in places like uh, you know, Jamaica, or Puerto Rico, Rico, or yeah. you know these islands in the, in the Caribbean. Well, we're not an island, and not going to be um, you know devastated like that. At least in Florida. New Orleans is a different situation because the place is, you know, underwater to start with. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, they they do get people pumped up, you know. But uh, they canceled school here already for Wednesday and Thursday. Well, Breezy, I'm sure will be happy. Yeah, she already is. Get the PPs for her. Have her check out you know, <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, it was, you know, the BAQ. The back, the back, what up? 
Backwaduct. Big card at the Backwaduct. I noticed today that they the arc. The arc um, is, is this weekend, right? The arc, yeah. Is it this weekend? Mm-hmm. I think on Sunday. No hurricanes there. Although <laughs> tornado tornado, whatever his name was, won the race a couple of years ago. Was that last year? Yeah, it was last year. Right? Yeah. Tornado tornado. I saw William Buick and, and Charlie Appleby. We're uh, we're running them all over in Germany this weekend. <laughs> Literally, yeah, they they were knocking them out over there. No one's safe from the Appleby Buick combo. I know the car and the restaurant. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> My dad asked me, <laughs> "Hey, when does Woodbine run those big turf races?" I said, uh. <laughs> Two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Pops. <laughs> Did I miss anything? Well, you, you missed the you missed the William Buick Charlie Appleby show, but um, no, you didn't miss a whole lot. After Saratoga, he tends to get a little, you know, off kilter. <laughs> yeah, a little finger lakesy. Yeah, we did pay attention to parks this weekend, which is something that. It rarely happened. Good card, actually. It was, it was actually pretty entertaining. It, it was. <clears throat> I thought the <laughs> my friend uh, had the best quote. He sent me a text about midway through the card um, on uh, on Saturday, and uh, he said, uh, "quote If they transferred the parks races to a different place, this would be a great card. Wide open races." <laughs> <laughs> But it was it was a good card. It was full fields and um, you know the races. The inside were was was it was fair. The track played fair. The track the did seem to play. Yeah, inside wasn't a problem. No, nope. As we anticipated, it wouldn't be. <laughs> nope. Atmospheric conditions optimal. Yes. Um. I, I did good mostly because I was riding with Paco. <laughs> we had the, uh, the dominated early. We had the semi-controversial um, disqualification in the park's dirt mile. Which, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it was it was pretty bad. I've seen way worse go down at parks, and nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I didn't have a big problem with with the takedown uh, in a vacuum, but and this is maybe this is just paranoia, but and I put a poll up on Twitter not too long after asking if the roles were reversed and the horse on the inside was uh, the Todd Pletcher. John Velasquez three to five shot and Dexter Haddock and, and Louie Linder were on the outside at 12 to one. Would that have come down? Definitely not. And uh, I think about 60% of the people said it would not have come down. And I think 15 or 12 or 15 or 18% said the flip of a coin. 
So whether that be true or not, but perception is reality. And it's just another thing that we bitch about all the time. that never seems to get better. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was, I, I could see a horse getting taken down for that. But like you said, is this going to happen you know, tomorrow at Parks, if that same thing happens? Probably not. But that's just the way it goes. Um, uh, Biden with Biden, who I liked a lot. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that was one of those cases where it was kind of a if if double the heart scratched. Double the heart was a no prayer horse that uh, was going to be a, a pace right. presser. And I even put this in the the, the uh, going circles digest preview that if double the heart scratched, then we <clears throat> liked riding with Biden because he was literally the lone speed, and uh, and that's exactly what happened. I didn't like um, uh, I didn't like Fearless, and part of the reason was that Fearless has to be ridden the entire race, every race, and. He's had, you know, a semi-long campaign for horse these days. I think it was the seventh or eighth race of the year. Mm-hmm. So, I just think that it was time. And I guess right. And it's it's always good when you you can take a four to five shot, throw them out, and have them run off the board. Um, I didn't expect that bad of a performance, but yeah, I was with you. I mean, the horse. Well, he got that, the 36. That will be, right? I, I, I couldn't have said that he was going to lose by 36. I just thought that he wouldn't run his best. Right, he wouldn't run his A race. Yeah. And, and he certainly didn't. No. But, I mean, we commented on that Wilton, I think it was. It was the Wilton at Saratoga? Where he just didn't. No, that was the Birdstone. Oh, the Birdstone. Yeah, he just didn't look that great. Like, no, he just know, he got won. Up. I mean, he never looked like he was <laughs> going to win any part of the race till about the final 50 yards. And you're talking about a mile and three quarter race. So it's almost like two races. And at no point did he look comfortable, happy, or, or, or going forward. He just willing on Not class. Willing. Just just basically was you know, he was better than the other horse, but those horses that at some point um they just kind of go the other way. And then there was another horse on the card who I, I thought the same of and I was right about her except I wasn't able to to cash huh. that and that was that was secret oath who, who I just think is um, a little bit a little bit worn out she's just a little bit tired and um not to take nothing away from society and society won ran a winning race and I don't know that uh, you could make any case that anyone in the race could have been ridden different or done anything different and beaten her because she just went to the lead and she ran fast and <laughs> it was over. I mean, you know, <laughs> the it was kind of a toward the force race, you know. But uh, Secret Oath couldn't hold off Morning Matcha. Yeah, so, that was that was the telltale sign for me. Like, I mean, you know, you know, nine times out of ten, probably nine and a half times out of ten. Morning Macho is nowhere near Secret Oath, but right, and it and it wasn't like you know Morning Macho is a dead closer. It wasn't like it was a, a dead closer's track. It's all what she just rode the bias, <clears throat> and she did run good. I mean, I, I give um, I give her credit for for running well, but 
there was a lot of horses that, that were questionable in that race. Adari Minor, who we liked and thought would be the, we thought would, would get the trip to society got. Right. Total dud. She stunk. She was terrible. Total dud. Um, and, and she took no money. She was dead on the board. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. She went off nine to two, almost five to one <clears throat> from a seven to two morning line. Um. Yeah, we didn't like gerrymander going in, and she ran like crap. Um, Shahama just gives away too much ground. I mean, she ground, was yeah, way, way behind, way behind. <laughs> she, she was like a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculously behind. Which is uh, wild because you know <clears throat> the way with the track was playing all day was speedy. You know, forwardly placed types were winning. Yeah, you you could win the race. It seemed like from just about anywhere if you were good enough. But, um, you, you know, the party, you got to be forwardly placed most of the time anyways. Right. I mean, a lot of the horses who won the races um, on the lead were, were a little bit fortunate. I mean, in, in the early race, the, the, the plump pretty uh, love in the air, that was the, the, the other service. <laughs> um, he had three in there. I mean, Paco did the right thing. He went to the lead, and they went pretty slow. I mean, shit, she went two or three quarters and from 13. Well, that's right. that's the, the beauty Relatively of being able to go to the lead. Sometimes right. nobody goes, and you, you get a dream trip. Right. The next race, um, you know, nobody ran. I mean, the, that was the DQ race. The two, those, those two ran one, two the whole way. But there wasn't really much in that race. I mean, that was not a good race. Um. The Greenwood no. Cup again, by, you know, riding with Biden, went to the lead, but but he went really slow fractions, and even such, the magical Michael has the magical potion, and he he made like three runs at him, um, but um, you know, then then we have the the turf monster, which was which was really a bad race. Yeah, it wasn't very good. I don't know, uh, you know, what kind of formula the Graded States Committee uses, but. That race should get like two demerits. I mean, <laughs> half the field had never even won on the on turf. on turf. I mean, it's not a a, a two year old race. It's it's a three get up. It's a it's an older horse and a grade three on the turf. And no, grade three, and, and more than half the horses hadn't won on the grass. So that Look, itself should should say something. And I said this to somebody on Saturday. I told them that I saw better state bred claiming races. At Saratoga at five and a half, then that that stake at a grade three. Yeah, I mean it. It wasn't. It was not a good race. Um, but um, you know, Green Up took a lot of money, and and that was a horse I was always going to be against. Yeah, I did not like. Did not like that horse. Off nine to five. I know. And you know she looked good beating up on the the B team, but um, I mean that was a terrible price to take. And you're taking her because she got a hundred buyer and she her, her last race, right? And she she had never been close to that prior I'm, to. I'm not, I'm not saying that the buyer number was wrong, but it was set under ideal conditions. Right, perfect trip, perfect trip buyers are, are like the the horse player beware. Yeah, you can't, you couldn't. Obviously, people did, but uh, she was a tough take. And you know, as it turns out, I didn't cash the race either. But um, you know, that's the way it goes. 
Uh, what about the Pennsylvania Derby? Because uh, it kind of went the way I thought it was going to go in some cases. I thought White Barrio would send from the outside because he had been hung out to dry so many races in a row. He just figured, you know, yeah, he just got eleven. A... He's going right. to leave. Um, and I mean, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, a, I wasn't big on, on any horses who finished up the track. Um, I didn't like the West Virginia race. I didn't like Tony Port. I didn't, well, Icy Storm. Thankfully, <laughs> Icy Storm, who got the dreaded no comment um, in the preview, that was all. Was, he, he was, he got two letters, no. <laughs> um, you know, but, I, but like, I, you know, just give me your impressions of, of, of uh, Tyba, uh, Zandon, Cyberknife, and. I mean, uh, visually, I didn't think it looked that great um, in comparison to the number it got, uh, the buyer number. I didn't see the, the third graph number yet, but um, it got a 108 buyer, which was surprising to me. I, I thought that was a little bit quick. I thought it was fast, and I didn't think that race was that fast, but again... I don't make the figures. I don't, I'm not doing that kind of stuff anymore. So, um, Cyberknife was was a little bit disappointing. Um, <clears throat> I thought he was a little bit farther behind than he should have been, and and I was also surprised that Taba actually got the same exact trip he got in the Haskell. I, I thought Mike Smith was going to try to get away from doing that again, but he was in the exact same spot. The exact same place <laughs> on the racetrack, and you know he got he just got out sooner and and did what he needed to do. Um, How much it, Mike Smith slander do you think was going on? Down oh man, the, the tweets were on the inside. After saying the, the tweets were written, they were they were typed halfway through that race. <laughs> I said it. I was like. What is he doing? He, just, he came out of the last race and said, man, this horse hates being on the rail. What's he, where is he? <laughs> right on the rail. Right there on the rail. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised by that. Um, you know, but it was it was a decent race. I mean, you know, I don't I don't think anybody out of that race could effectively challenge flight line. I mean, I guess Taba could speed figure wise, you could say he he's competitive, but um, it's, it's it's hard to tell. I mean, you know, the, the race was was pretty good. It wasn't as I didn't think it was as good as the Travers, but it was close. Yeah, I um, I liked. I mean, I liked Taba in the race, and you know, the reasoning basically <laughs> was that the horse was a lightly raced horse who was already fast or faster than most of them, and he really. It, he has room to improve still, mm-hmm. you know, and that was kind of the case that, that I really made going into the race. And, and I really thought Zandan was an overlooked horse and he really wasn't. I mean, he was second choice, you know, three to one and the right. morning line was, was not good. And I, I heard today, someone told me that, uh, um, that, the morning line maker at Parks is the racing secretary, which I thought was was uh, a little uh, 
I, I just thought it was odd because I, I don't know anywhere else where the racing secretary would be um, doing the morning line. And he did a very, very good job at filling the races. It was a really good card from, from race one to race uh, 13 or however it was. But um, um, he's not a very good morning line maker. <laughs> His morning line stink. <laughs> yeah, it was off a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right about Ty. But I mean, he definitely had the most "quote unquote" upside. If it was the NBA draft, he would have the upside and wingspan comment from everyone. What's uh, the Jay Billis? Uh... The, the NBA draft so many drinking game where every time he says... Uh, I thought it was upside. Um, God, I can't think of that. Not athleticism. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Tyba because he hasn't really faced the greatest horses. Um, although this, this past race, like the the Pennsylvania Derby was probably the best field he's faced. Maybe maybe the Haskell too, but I don't know. He's a good horse. I mean, you know, it's just hard to 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 f- see where he fits when you have a horse like Flightline and another in Life Is Good going in the same race that you're pointing to. That's true. <clears throat> you know what's odd about the Pennsylvania Derby, and this might be something that only I think is odd, but. There was eleven race, the eleven horses in the race. Only one of them wore blinkers. Huh? I didn't you even don't see that very often. Yeah, usually it's like half the field. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> I just thought that was a little strange. But, but more than one. Yeah. Right. One horse. Hmm. And, and it's it's a big field too. So. Yeah. But all in all, I mean, they did really well handle wise. I think they they handled eighteen million, and they're doing, you know, actual handle on like California, which just makes handle up. But uh, it was, uh, you know, a, a pretty good card. I, I know that the the takeout rates are still pretty. Um, and didn't chalk out. That was that was really what I wanted to see. Is no chalk out. Yeah, right. It did. It didn't really chalk out. I mean, there was competitive rates. But um, I mean, there was a lot of beaten favorites. There was a lot of there was a lot of shaky favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the guy with Bob, the um, the horse provocateur went went off the favorite. But I mean, the horse is okay. But the, you don't want to take a short price on the horse in that race. Not in that race, no. No, uh-huh. <laughs> it was too many. I mean, they were beating each other up anyway. Those horses and. It just wasn't his time, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He ran his best career buyer. He likes those five horse races, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he likes those five six horse races where he gets clear, like right, the whole time. You get a full field, and it's it's a different story. Yeah, yeah. Scarmouche, the horse who won it, ran well. Ran great. He was he was wide throughout and wide and fast. I heard some some grumbling about the uh, the trip that uh, Nakatomi got, and 
Yeah, that would my, break my, my question. My question is, what trip did you think he was going to get? He's right. a, a one-run closer. Time. He's a one-run closer in a 6-4-14-horse race. Where, where did you think he was going to stay? Um, speaking of bad favorites, like, can you believe uh, I was shocked about the turf monster that Uncle Ernie was the favorite? Yeah, that was ridiculous. I knew I knew we were doomed as soon as as soon as he was two to one. I was like, yeah, this this ain't happening. Yeah, that was. Uh... You got a horse that's never been on the turf before, going into a weak grade three, and it was a crapshoot. At, at you know, and he just faded. Yeah, he just uh... didn't take to the turf. That's it. I'm, I'm I'm assuming that we won't see much more of Uncle Ernie on the uh, on the turf. But um, yeah, he was he was kind of a shaky favorite, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, there was you know I I only picked him intending that he was not going to be the favorite, and there was some scratches in there too that kind of helped that along. But but I mean, Uncle I mean, Ernie I, eight to one is a lot better than Uncle Ernie at two to one. Yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> that's the funny thing and it's it's why being a public handicapper tough man is not easy because you don't know those kind of things you don't know what late scratches are going to be you don't know what the weather is going to be like or the track and dip. so um churchill had some nice races at night um on saturday night not bad. Yeah, it was, it was. That was a decent card too. I mean, yeah, but they started off with, uh, well, they started off the stakes portion in a, a three-year-old filly race, and it seemed like there was a million three-year-old filly races. They had just the cotillion. They had uh, this race, which was uh, worth one hundred sixty thousand at Churchill. It was the Oklahoma, the Remington Park Oaks, which was on yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Juju's map continued her slide. Her, her, uh, her three-year-old year of mediocrity. My friend's horse ran in there, free like a girl. She ran second, put Juju's map away, and I was thinking, man, she looks good. And then all of a sudden, that CR Trout, man, that guy, you got to watch out for him. <laughs> Always watch out for trainers named after fish. But uh, he was. Uh, his Philly was good. I can't remember her name, but it, it was late. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I don't think that the, the, the Seneca overnight steak was like going <laughs> to produce any Breeders' Cup distaff horses. It was kind of a soft field, but um, it was won by a gun runner. Shock. Which was a common theme on Saturday is he won... Uh, like if you didn't know any better, you would think like five stake races. Literally five. every horse or a majority of horses that win races at Churchill are gun runners. <laughs> Unbelievable. Echo Zulu made her return. Um she's uh she's also by gun runner. And she looked like she was in a little bit of danger on the turn. I mean she wasn't drawing away from the horses. Uh you know the, the field behind her, which which was a um, you know a small crew, but she, I mean, she ran her last eighth and twelve and two, just kind of left them. 
Um, and in between, Gunite, who you know, stayed on his left lead the entire race. Again. Uh, yeah, he, he left them too. So there was three Gunrunners stake rate winners in a row. And that was after the Parks deal where the Cotillion and the uh, the Pennsylvania Derby, the two grade $1 million races, were both won by Gunrunners. So that is a pretty amazing day for any stallion anytime ever. Yeah. And dominate that many stake races in one day doesn't happen. No, and, and consider that, yes, they were all three-year-old races, but he only has one crop. Right, I was going to say. Not well, he's like... got the, shouldn't say one crop. He's got the three-year-olds and the two-year-olds. Two-year-olds, yeah. Um, that, that's, that's I, I mean, it's pretty much unprecedented. I mean, for most of, of horse racing's history, Stallions didn't breed to more than 40 or 50 mares a year, even the top Stallions, no matter who they were. Uh, may, maybe, maybe 60, but that was it. So the numbers, the sheer numbers are, are going to be obviously different. But, I mean, I just don't know <laughs> if I've ever seen a stallion start off quite, quite as good as he has had. You know, and they're, and they're I mean, these were um, sprinters. There's horses. Right, they do it all. It's almost like, you know, it's so crazy because, you know, somebody like, into mischief is is going to get lost in the shuffle kind of a little bit which is wild yeah last year remember went into mischief every weekend we were kind of laughing about oh another winner another stake winner another greatest stake winner for into mischief and and now all of a sudden (laughs) it's like he's in witness protection right and nobody ever talks about him all you hear gun runners and then you know with the looming um Retirement of of flight line. It's yeah. it's like nobody nobody even <laughs> nobody even thinks about into mischief anymore. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel too bad for him. No, nah, I don't either. He had a good run. <laughs> Has still doing good, just not done running ish. Yeah, the Bourbon Trail was uh, the tenth race at Churchill. Uh, I have to admit that I didn't see the race live because I was uh, sleeping. Happens. <laughs> but, um, I, I fell asleep. Uh, that's that's what happens. Um, that that was like the you call that the Triple A stakes. And <laughs> <laughs> then horses are really ready for prime time. It was a good race. I mean, it turned out to be a, I mean, an exciting race, but. Um, they are what they are. <clears throat> yes, they are. Ethereal Road made a, another start. <laughs> the Wayne Lucas torture plan. Oh, I did notice that, um, that Mr. Lucas has uh, gone full-fledged uh, torture on uh, a filly that ran last week in the stake. And got beat fifty lengths. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, back in the day, Wayne would run horses more than anyone for the most part. 
And it was always difficult to follow um, because sometimes um, they would just go off form and out of nowhere, come back. They'd come back to form. Yep. You know, it's funny you say that because I hit one one of his horses like that a few years ago uh, in 2014. Breeders' Cup, Take Charge Brandy. Did the exact same thing. Just fell off form. Just was getting pummeled. I think went to Delta, tried one of their races, that million-dollar race they had, or something close to that, and just just couldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, she showed up at the Breeders' Cup on a speed-favoring track and went wire to wire. Yep. And paid a hundred and something to win 160 i think it was i think she was 80 to 1 um but i mean everybody got scared away because the horse was getting beat right and running in a whole bunch of races then all of a sudden she perked back up and won and the rest is history well she ran on september 3rd in the spinaway And um, she got trounced. That's and a kind word. Remember, she won the Adirondack mm-hmm. the first week of August. And she got out really bad in that race. Uh, she went to about the 10 path. Um, she ran back in the uh, the Adirondack. And she got to the lead, and she set pretty reasonable fractions. I mean, she went 22-4 and four to the quarter, but uh, she got, she, you know, the half went 46-3, and three, which for that track at, uh, on that day was not um, out of line. I mean, it, it, maybe it was a little bit quick, but it wasn't out of line. She got beat 20 lengths. She stopped. She just came to a, a walk. Um. He ran her back on the 17th <laughs> in the um, the Pocahontas. And she was terrible. Like, terrible, terrible. Like, beat 47 lengths terrible. Like, just never got in the race. I mean, um, which happens but you know she was coming back on short rest she obviously had shipped from Saratoga to, to Kentucky um, but she was just you know dull. yeah dull very dull um, yeah I mean I remember she had been on the lead to start before at 46 and change and in the Pocahontas the half mile pole she was nine lengths Behind the horse who was who was second to last, <laughs> so you're talking about you know she was twenty lengths out of it after a half mile. Well, that was last weekend, and he came back and he worked her Sunday morning, and I just don't understand this. I, I don't get it. It's this is this is a problem to me. Horses that could be 50 lengths shouldn't be working the next week, especially when they'd run two weeks before and run poorly as well. And this 
you know, the, this this new safety uh, mandate that's been shoved down everyone's throat uh, should be throwing a red flag. Yeah, I thought we I thought horses were were checked before they worked in Kentucky. Because I have to tell you, as bad as she was last week, it's hard to believe that she wasn't on the vets list. Hmm. Let the horse work six days after. What are we doing here? What are we doing? It's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. That's all I have to say about that. And there's more to it, but I can't really say. So you're just going to have to take my word. You don't have to believe me if you don't want to. But things are not. There's, there's, that's just, uh, that, that's a disaster waiting to happen. Hopefully not. But well, hopefully not I, exactly. But it, it shouldn't be. Hopefully, it should. We should already know that, you know, the checks and balances are in place to prevent catastrophes. We think. Yeah. Well. You know, but finding the jocks and the owners at Albuquerque was very important. The Albu- Downs at Albuquerque had a $200,000 race. <laughs> Nobody got paid. <laughs> no one got Everybody paid. got fined. Every- because the jockeys are all supposedly struck the horses. And Todd Fincher has a good point. This horse got disqualified from a hundred thousand, hundred and ten thousand dollar purse. That there's no real clarity in what a strike consists of. A strike should be the horse, the the jockey reaching back and, and and hitting the horse in the manner that we all consider a strike. Not this tapped him on the shoulder, brushed him, this or that, the other thing. This is a terrible rule. You people are horrible, you heisted people. You're horrible. You're horrible people. You're not doing your jobs. And the people that blindly back this, you're morons. You're morons. This is a bad rule. It's not black and white. There's nothing black and white about this. And that's the thing, is they put a rule in to have it black and white, and it's not. It's not black and white. And if you keep stealing owners' money, and and heisted keeps the money. That's ridiculous. You should be investigated by the FTC. They should be investigating HISA. There's problems with the shoe rules. A joke. You're doing a terrible job. And that's the thing is everybody wants to pat them on the back and say, no, none of those people, they should all resign. All of them, every single one of them, resign. Bring new people in. Do it better. You're not doing good. You're going to chase more people away from this game. 
all those morons you see on social media that love the high side. You know what? None of them bet. They don't. They shouldn't matter. None of them own horses. Well, some of them own horses, but most of the ones that back them are the people that want to get rid of all the other competition. They want the other people to stop buying horses. And don't give me Keeneland. I don't care about Keeneland. <laughs> oh, Keeneland, the prices were great. Yeah, Keeneland, the prices were great. Supply and demand. Duh. It's just, it's just ridiculous. You're stealing money from people. You're stealing. It's a joke. I'm sick of talking about it. But they're not doing a good job. They're, you're not doing a good job. No matter how much you want to tell yourself that. Ask the people whose money was stolen because the jockey tried to win a race. There's something fundamentally wrong about that fundamentally wrong joke anyways there's speaking of fundamentally wrong there's 18 (laughs) stake races this weekend graded stake races and there's probably about I don't know 15 horses total that belong in them of course there's not going to be many against life is good because the woodward has been turned into uh, um, a walkover with walkover it's like a walkover, except there's a couple horses running other than the you know obvious horse. Yeah, I saw the the stake schedule and I was I was like, you know, seventeen graded stakes this coming weekend. That's a lot. And I mean, and this is me talking. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I'm I'm not as well versed as somebody like yourself or a trainer. You know. Or really, you know, anybody that that's really keeping close tabs on that kind of thing, but it's it's a lot, you know. And and, and frankly, it doesn't seem like we have the horses to to provide for that those kind of stakes. I mean, that should be the red flag of all red flags, right there. I mean, like, hey, man, these aren't going to be good races, <laughs> no matter how you slice it. We got to cut these out. According to Horse Racing Nation, the way, the way, the way, there's too many turf stakes in Philly, in New York. There's just too many stakes. You guys can't fill them because five trainers have all the good horses. They won't run them. They won't run them. The way as of now has three. They had a million dollar race at Backwaduck the other day, a million bucks. And you know who got invited to that million dollar invitational? A horse who finished third in the thirty-five claimer in a race before. To make the horse, uh, to make it a six-horse race, not a two-horse race. You, gotta, you guys got to figure it out what to do about these, these. There's turf races. There's too many of them at the same time. You can't run them all at the same time. There's not enough horses, except Kentucky Downs. And Colonial, they get on. They get nine horse, twelve horse fields. Of course, Colonial, you you can use line six. But um, the Woodward is not a good race. But oh, where are they going to get a horse to run against? Life is good. You know, if Flight Line was in there and, and Life is Good wasn't in there, it'd be the same thing. Same thing. Yep. Uh, I mean, the Champagne looks like it might be a decent race. Forte, who who looked good and uh, hopeful, and Gulfport, they 
he's supposed to come back. Uh, the Philly, the Philly, the the, the Ferenzi Fires brother, Damio Ferenzi, he's he's back. He won a what? He won one of those New York bread stakes. Yeah, New York bread. Um, but he's a pretty good horse. Um, Blazing Sevens, who was third in the the hopeful. Um, you know, maybe the stretch out will help him a little bit. Uh, Champion's Dream who was Danny Gargan, first timer that, that ran really well, got bet late, and looked good. Um, I think that was going seven eighths, and he's stretching out on you know to the mile. Um, verifying huh. that's a Brad Cox horse who, who, who broke its maiden, um, the first race. Uh, I think the day before the Travers. That wasn't as, as impressive as Champion's Dreams. And some horse named Free Soul, who's running in turf races. Um, the Miss Grio, which is a win in your end race, uh, as of now, <laughs> has, a, uh, has five. Um, I guess the win in your end isn't an attractor. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what happens to these horses. The Belmont Turf Sprint, uh, which is a grade three. Amazingly enough, luck, uh, Thin White Duke may be the favorite. Um, a lot of horses coming off races where they did not win <laughs> going in there. Uh, the Lucas Classic, which is actually a, a, a decent enough race. And, um, you know, part of the reason that the Woodward suffers is because the Lucas, Lucas, the Lucas Classic, which didn't exist up until a few years ago, now exists. Um, Happy Saver, Hot Rod Charlie, Rich Strike, King Fury, Last Samurai, Dynamic One. Um, it's always interesting when Rich Strike races because the Rich Strike truthers will be out in force, I'm sure. I still don't um, understand how that happened. Like, look at the, the, the weird... Like you said, like almost like flat earth people with the rich strike stuff. I mean, the horse won the derby, but he hasn't hit the board since. But you'd think that you'd think they were picking on the, the old boy. Uh, it's a, it's kind of a strange race, and most of the horses don't want to be on the lead. Uh, Dynamic one, King Fury, uh, Rich Strike. Happy Saver. None of them are really speed horses. Hot Rod Charlie's got some tactical speed. I mean, just doesn't want to win. I'm guessing he might be on the lead. Maybe it's got to be right with that crew. Yeah, maybe. Um, the Ak Ak, which is supposed to be a, a short field, Speaker's Corner, who's who was so good early in the year and then just got. Buried his, he, his he, heart snatched. He, he got the he got the tag team of, of getting beat up by flight line and getting beat up by life is good. <laughs> he hasn't recovered, but he's in there. Um I mean the one turn mile is probably his best distance, and there are no flight lines in here. There are no life and good in here. What you have is an injunction, an untreated, a senior buscador, and a three techniques. Um, so if Speaker's Corner is back to about 80% of himself, he should, he he should, should dust these horses off. Yeah, run backwards and still win that one. Yeah, it's it's just uh, another case of um, 
you know, one good horse and four pretenders. Uh, country Grammar, Royal Ship, who were uh, Express Train, <laughs> who all got uh, knocked back into last century and by Flightline and Pacific Classic. They're back in the autumn again, which is somehow a grade one. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's actually a competitive race. It's a good race, but um, he's really you know fair horses. Country Gamer Royal Ship. There's really not much that separates those two. Uh, Tripoli, who is good on occasion, <laughs> slow down Andy, who's trying the overs. Uh, Express Train, who's just Express Train. Azul Coast, who, who might be Baffert's worst horse uh, that, that, that runs in stake races. Um, yeah, so. <sighs> the John Henry is uh, at uh, Santa Anita. It's a, it looks it looks like a, a, a sizable field. Basically, just find out who's going to um, qualify to get their head beat in by William Buick and Charlie Appleby or some other <laughs> Euro dude. Uh, the City of Hope Mile, which again is a pretty competitive race, and it's actually a, probably a pretty a pretty good betting race. Mm. Yeah, that one looked okay. Um, but I mean, none of those were really good. Um, the Santa Anita Sprint Championship. There's an interesting horse in there. Uh, Forbidden Kingdom makes his return. Nice. Trying, uh, trying out the older horses. Going back to sprinting after after trying to get on the Derby Trail. Um, but he's he's back and. Is my guy in that race? Uh, CZ Rocket is in there, yeah. Yeah. Yep. CZ Rocket's in there. Uh, none above the law. Mr. Mr. Miller's other horse. Um, American Theorem, who was second, who who had been probably the, the best sprinter in California, had won two in a row, uh, then ran good in the Pat O'Brien, just not good enough. <laughs> and then a couple... Um, a couple of horses who were just filler. The Eddie D, which is the uh, six and a half down the hill. Nice to see that back. Another another pretty good betting race. Uh, I love the six and a half down the hill. Yeah, Gregorian Chant, Lieutenant Dan, um, Lane's Way. Just missed the last time. Uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting race. Uh, Sunday, the Frisette, two-year-old fillies at at uh, Aqueduct. It's so weird to see the Frisette at Aqueduct. All right. Strange. Uh, leave no trace, Mr. Serpy. Trying to go back-to-back. Won the spin away last time. Trying to, trying to stretch out a little bit further. Going to the, the one-turn mile. There's Really, no reason that she can't win. 
Sri uh, Devote, the great maybe, who was very, very impressive first time out. Um, uh, Ver, Ver, Verdeo, who I think is a half to um, Vequist. She won a sorority last time. Chocolate Gelato was a Pletcher Maiden Breaker. American Rocket was in, is in this race or scheduled to be in the race. And she's the filly that basically went to the outside fence in this. Oh, game. yeah. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. He went to the outside fence. He almost and, went over the outside and flew home and made a huge run. And I'm sure she'll be tremendously over bet. Over bet. Yeah. I would not be surprised if she was the favorite. Really? Yes. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. I mean, it may not happen, but that's the type of horse that gets um, unreasonable money. Uh, the Pilgrim for two-year-olds. That's a win in your end for the two-year-old uh, turf boys uh, for the right to get beat by whoever Charlie Appleby sends over. <laughs> um, I'm against the Battle of Normandy. I'm against the with anticipation the entire race. I'm against I'm just against that race. I just didn't think it was a good race. Uh, they only have uh, five horses listed as probables. Mm. Which would be really disappointing. Disappointing, yeah. If it doesn't get, like, at least eight or nine. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'd say it's, it's possible that a couple maidens might might jump in there, too. But uh, The way up. Mile three eighths in the turf, which is uh, it seems like they run a race like this in New York every weekend. Yeah, they got three, and and it, it's not a good three. It, it's it's a terrible, 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 terrible three. <laughs> no, seriously, this is a terrible, terrible race. This is terrible. Gladys, capital structure, lovely, lucky. Gladys was fourth in the all along at uh, Colonial. Capital structure was sixth. And Lovely Lucky was seventh in the New York handicap. Just cancel it. Just cancel it. Just don't run it. You can't run it. Not if those are your only three. No. Jeez. Yeah. You don't need that. Uh, and there's Inyada at Santa Anita Sunday, mile 16th, Phillies and Mares, three and up. Um, Desert Dawn. Midnight Memories. They'll probably be the uh, the headliners. The headliners in that. Um, CC is listed as a probable um, in the Chillingsworth, which the what? Is a six and a half down the hill race at Santa Anita. That would be interesting to see that if she actually runs in there. Yeah, I, I just have a hard time believing that that's where she's going to run. Yeah, I was going to say that. I wouldn't think not at this stage, but and a mile and a half Tokyo City Cup, Santa Anita, Grade Three. Guess who's in there? <laughs> Everybody's favorite. Breeders' Cup Juvenile winner. Storm the court. Storm the court. 
Has that horse won since then? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't he win allowance. Race? Won one. I think he yeah. won. It was some like old level nonsense like yeah. last year. Uh, they should they should rename him to <laughs> Storm the Court to stay on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come out here. He's not going to win. Don't do it. Oh, man. Oh man, I tell you, one one of the one of the the finest things to enjoy in life is when everybody's wrong and and you're right. <laughs> I just have to just to say to everybody that watches football, you still think Tua can't throw the ball long? No, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> and um, I mean, I know a couple dudes that are part of the Bills Mafia and, and they're Yeah really, man. Barnsdale. My Barnsdale, man yeah. he's a good sport about it though. I mean, he is. He is. He's, he's cool. Man. But like the amount of wine that has come out of, of the Bills Mafia. <laughs> they're complaining about the sun. The sun. They're it's too hot. About the sun. It's too hot. <laughs> it's too hot. Yes. In Miami, it's too hot. As though Miami didn't have to play on the same field. Their bench, no, their bench was in the shade, though. And I say to people, have you been to Miami when it's the heat index is, is 120? The shade? It doesn't help that much. Nah. Humidity? Shade doesn't help humidity. It's still humid underneath. <laughs> it's the air, sir. <laughs> God, the crowd. Oh, Tua should have never been allowed back in the game. Oh, the guy sucked, but now you're complaining because he was allowed back in the game. Which okay. is it? I will say that Teddy Bridgewater could not have looked worse. If they had if they had pulled me out of the stands and, and, and thrown a helmet and some shoulder pads on me, I could have done as good as Teddy Bridgewater. I might not have been able to do better than him, but I swear he was stoned. Nah, he was just, he just didn't want to play. He was <laughs> he wasn't prepared for that. I think I think he 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 pre-raced with some gummies and he was over there chilling in the heat. All of a sudden like, "Hey, guy, it's time is you get in the what? game. You got to throw." This guy was like like 7th in the league in completion percentage or something last year. He was he was not like, you know, he wasn't good enough where anybody said, "Hey, we want to hey, make but he quarterback." Bad. But he wasn't a, he wasn't bad like he was yesterday. He's got like six, seven million dollars a year guaranteed this year to do nothing, to hold a chart, clipboard. Oh man, he was horrible. Thankfully, thankfully, he didn't have to uh, play too long. But but uh, yeah, like a win's that, a win, my friend. The wind is a win. That disastrous. Like it almost did anyway with the the butt punt. Yeah, the butt punt was, uh, um, you know, it was kind of funny, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I almost had a stroke when it happened, but it was kind of funny. Almost as ridiculous as the game last night. Uh, Oh, that was nonsense. we're, We're the great Jimmy G. Oh no! You mean Russ was cooking last? 
<laughs> Russ, Russ was cooking with in the microwave. <laughs> Russ was heating up some Stouffer's frozen dinners. Russ, Russ was eating raw was meat because nothing was cooked. <laughs> Jimmy G committed the one of the greatest <laughs> bad plays in history. A safety and a pick six on the same play. Unreal. I mean, the pick six didn't count, but how often do, do, do you give the other team two opportunities to score on, on one play? Yeah, it was brutal. Oh, man. And another another Vegas nose, man. Everybody looked at the line in the Kansas City game, and everyone said the same thing. <clears throat> man, the Colts have been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> And they have been. They've been terrible. The Chiefs are going to kill them. What happens? Colts 20, <laughs> Chiefs 17. <laughs> they know. But, uh, but the Dolphins are in first place in the AFC. And, yeah, it's only three weeks, but we're in first place. It's a good three weeks. Yeah, we're in first place. The Jets are starting a quarterback that's older than me. The Patriots quarterback, boat attendant. <laughs> I don't even know who the Patriots backup QB is. Some dude. <laughs> He's bagging groceries somewhere. They got him. Some guy. Him. Steve Grogan's cousin. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it was awful quiet this weekend with the Time Lords. He, he didn't hardly talk at all. I guess he was over there at Remington Park for the, the big race. McPeak won that race, right? <laughs> See, you call him Time Lord. I call him Cable. Cable? Yeah, the guy from uh, the villain from Deadpool. <sighs> cable. Yeah, because yeah, he goes throughout time. He is the Time Lord. He goes back in time. Time Lord. <laughs> time Lord is still upset about Chet. Yeah. I don't blame him, though. Yeah, it'll all work itself out. Next year. It'll all work itself out. <laughs> Next year. It's hard to believe that that uh, the NBA starts, like, training camp starts in like a week or 10 days or something like that. Yeah. Feels like the summer just started and that's it's already over. It's already fall. Was it the harness track today? And, and it was almost like being in Florida. It was sunny and it was perfectly fine. And all of a sudden, it was brisk. It was gray <laughs> and pouring rain, like pouring rain. That's that's Florida though. For like fifteen minutes straight, and then it just it just cleared up, and um, they had a huge a huge rainbow and. They ran the last race, and it was like it was like it did It had never even rained. It was the craziest thing. I know no one bets Saratoga Harness, and people don't pay that much attention to it. But there's like four George Navarros at that track. Only, except, except they're all Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> There's some seriously strange things that go on at that place. But uh, no one really seems to pay attention. 
I will say it, it did feel good to go there and and be in the uh, one of the, one of the younger people in attendance. <laughs> did you have any hot dogs? No, did not have a hot dog. What? You have to. That's no. like no, you gotta partake in the in the concessions. The the concessions there are just hideous. <laughs> you keep saying that. It's just, it's just you know, it's just bad. It's just bad. I did find a wing place though. My man, Mister Spinelli, found a a wing place. Right, just south of Saratoga, the Galley Bar and Grill. Is this a new spot? Yeah, it's been there. I just never drove in. He was touting it today, got on his track, and was like, well, we got to go. Ten for ten wings on Mondays. It's not bad. No, 20 bucks, I got 20 wings. <clears throat> Some places, we were at a place the other day. In Saratoga, the West Side Grill, 20 wings is 38 bucks. Ooh, the markup. 38 <laughs> bucks. Man, wings. Wings. It's not your daddy's wings. <laughs> Her wings were a dime a piece or a quarter a piece. Yeah, when I was in Canada, they were, they were selling them for 20 cents a wing. And and I, mind you, I, I lived in Windsor, Ontario, and there's like a street there um, with a bunch of bars on it, oh, and they wait. all do the special, you know, every day of the week. So they all have a drink special and a wing special, and you best believe I was in those joints. One of them every day of the week getting twenty seven. <laughs> Oh, it's funny because you know wings used to be like a cheap meal. Not anymore. It's a commodity. Yeah, that is that it is. That it is. So this will be it for the Breeders' Cup this weekend and next weekend the Keeneland races and pretty much. Slide pretty, into the Breeders' Cup. Just like, have a, a pretty good idea of who's in the Breeders' Cup field. Yeah, after next week, right? Yeah. I mean, we should. Uh, I'm sure the PPs will be coming out after the first week of Keeneland, right? I would imagine it would be. Well, at least the first run. Yeah. The. the uh, well, they have that. Um, pre-entry thing but that that that's like a week before right yeah yeah so it's hard to believe man it's it's that time of the year already it's still hot out that's why it's 95 today with impending hurricane yeah that's uh that kind of sucks Kind of sucks, but that's uh, you know, that's the way it goes. We're gonna have a full house on Wednesday and Thursday, where usually there's nobody in my crib. There's going to be two menaces. Oh. 
Not one, but two. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, how much I get done on Wednesday and Thursday. That's true. Well, you know, do your do your uh your survival kit. <laughs> Practice and uh make sure uh you know, you got food. Protect the sword. <laughs> sword is going to protect me. Oh, and... we forgot to mention Bulldog Hanover, man. Oh, man. Lights out. Track record. I need to go to town. Oh, it's paying $83, man. With a one and that stupid passing lane. I even broke my rule about Poojer. I know. And that stupid passing lane got me again. 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 One of our listeners who uh, used to or does cover sports where I used to live in Massachusetts. He was asking me, how come you don't like the passing lane? And I didn't really have a good answer for him. I don't like the passing lane on on big tracks because there's no need for it, and it and it it affects the way the races are run. Uh, trips that that had traditionally been not good trips, like like third on the inside, where you're trapped, you're no longer trapped, and you might say, "Well, what is that a good thing? It's not a bad thing. It's a bad thing because no often you get no flow in the races because everyone's sitting in waiting to wait." Yeah. And there was no better example of that than the Breeders' Crown the last time it was a Hoosier. Oh, man. Everybody came out the passing lane. And, and that's what I mean. Every winner. It, it's, it's everybody all they're trying to do is maneuver to get in behind and then, you know, come up the inside. It's just impossible to, to, to pr- predict. I mean, it just makes it, you know, in this case, the horse, the, 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 the rider, the, the driver that, that, um, you know, chose the easier path gets rewarded. You know, he just sat in and, and I mean, the one thing about harness racing, it's not like thoroughbred racing. You, you can't just be four wide. No, you, you need cover. You know, you can't, you can't just do that. So there has to be some flow to the race. And when there's no flow on the outside, meaning there's no one coming to challenge the leaders, you get situations where the leaders get unchallenged leads and then they just dominate and often right merry-go-round race right (laughs) and you can't figure out how it's going to work because horses that traditionally would have trips that that aren't good are suddenly good and it just it turns everything upside down there's just no need to have a passing lane in a a big track that's a, a track that has two turns instead of four you don't need a passing lane you have a long stretch Right, no. you usually get out. I mean, most of the time. Yeah, and if you don't get out, then that that's 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 part of the that's, that's part of the strategy. That's right. The way the way they're doing it, you're you're discouraging early flow, so you're getting slower paces than you should. Because there's no you know there's there's no uh, great um, need. To come on the outside, so that's that's why. 
And believe yeah. me, if I, if I could figure those races out and I could hit hit, the, you know, I, like, I could who, win on them. Going, who's going to be but... sitting in the pocket trip? It's not even who's the pocket now. It's who's going to be, be third on the inside. Third, yeah, third, third on the inside. I mean, it's just totally random. You know, if you t- if I told you in a thoroughbred race, it's a ten horse race, that the winners were always going to come from fifth or sixth. It's hard to figure who's going to be fifth or sixth in a ten or twelve horse race. <laughs> yeah, typically, yeah. <laughs> right so i mean it's it's just uh it's just um it's unnatural okay like i said if i could if i could figure it out and i could this you know we can't tickets, but I, I just can't so just the way just the way it is so so that's why okay i dig it just move to stupid pylons get rid of the passing lane and, and your track will be better I mean, that's the thing about a mile track is you have two long, you have a long backside, you have a long, long stretch. Yep. You should be encouraging people to make moves on the outside, yep. right? To, to, to <clears throat> get flow in the race, to not just have one guy go to the lead and one guy sits in the two hole, one guy sits outside, and one guy, you know, have some shuffling and, and aggression. Aggression makes harness racing good, non aggression makes harness racing suck. Yeah, I mean, you can tell a lot, or at least I can now, um, with the amateur drivers at, at the Meadowlands and and then the quote-unquote professionals, um, the level of aggression is, is quite different. <laughs> Sometimes amateurs do. And you know what's funny? They get overly aggressive. They go some too- of those guys have driven so much now that they start to drive like the like like the regular guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just less talented. But some of the newer guys when they're when they're out there in the amateur <laughs> my plan. Go to the lead. Just go, man. Just go. Go far and guys, fast. Guys with no speed from the outside post and what do they do? They leave. They go. They leave immediately. <laughs> then they get stuck out there. Then the guys are going three wide around them. <laughs> oh man chaos are, that's what i like are, are really not that bad <laughs> you know and and they you know they they, they drive semi-regular now because you know it's not just metal ends has those races Modest no i know races. Yeah. um i was so, just picking on metal ends but i remember yeah. the pomp they had them it was yeah. the same so yeah, the pomp Pop sometimes have three of them <laughs> in one night. I think I think uh, I think uh, I think Harris Philadelphia races them too. Uh, shout out to our man Joe Pavia. Mister Pavia had hip replacement surgery. He's on the oh minute. wow. He's gonna be out for a couple of weeks, but uh, get well soon. That, that's no joke. Those hip replacement surgery. He said he he, he basically. Got to the point where he couldn't walk. So, well, so yeah, he's he's. Uh, Didn't Tim Tietrich have that surgery too? Uh, I don't know. Did he? I could be wrong, but I thought he did, like a while ago, like years ago. I mean, Maybe he just couldn't walk. He's, he's <laughs> That's probably what I. What it was, he's just walking. He's, he's not that old. 
No, I know. He, he really isn't. I think he's like 38. Yeah, I, was, I don't think he's 40 yet. Got a lot of wins, man. So many. <laughs> the bionic man. He's got a lot of wins for uh, for a guy that's not yet 40. I mean, there's no reason he couldn't drive for another, at the top level for another 15 years. Probably longer than that. Want to go old John Campbell style? Yeah, I mean, man, Campbell was driving fine when he when he retired. Yeah, I mean, he he wasn't um he... harness drivers age better than thoroughbred jockeys. It's a different skill set, and it's a different you know a different meal plan. Yeah, not a different <laughs> meal plan. <laughs> But um, I mean, look at the guy like Dave Miller, still top guy. Yeah, I can't remember harness racing without Dave Miller. And you know he's got fourteen thousand wins. <laughs> Tim Tetrick, he won the Mohawk Million the other day. Um, oh well, oh well, two year old. But uh, yeah, um. Bulldog Hanover, I think he's got like three more starts left. I'm gonna try him. Uh, I think he races at Dayton, and then he's going to race in uh, at the Red Mile, where if the conditions are favorable, there's no telling how fast he can go. World record, another one, beat his own one. He uh, that track is frightening, lightning fast. Yes, yes. So everyone says it's it's the best track. The best track surface, but um, yeah, and then he's gonna run the Breeders' Crown. So four more, I think four more, three more races, maybe one more. Where's the Breeders' Crown this year? Mohawk. Mohawk. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. I like that. I like no, that. Mohawk. The Breeders' Crown should be at Mohawk and Meadowlands every year, one or the other, or Balmoral. Balmoral. <laughs> R.I.P. So they're auctioning off more stuff from Arlington. Yeah, I saw the the finish line. It's kind of depressing. Polls and that'd be actually cool to have a pole. <laughs> I would try. I could put one in my backyard. The I could eat pole. And it'd be the illest conversation piece. Like you know, people come to your house like, "What is that? What, what the hell is that?" Right. And it's not like, you know, I could put it in the corner of my, my yard. That's a 316s pole from Arlington Park. Right. Th- that's a hell of a conversation piece. That is. Though, I mean, seriously, how many people ever visit your backyard? <laughs> Just you. <laughs> <laughs> Willingly, not people like cutting through the neighborhood. <laughs> Well, we have a we have a, a, a. I don't want to call it a big weekend because it's really not a big weekend. There's a lot of action, but it's I mean, just one is... closer to Breeders' Cup. Yeah, and we're not going to fall for the Order of Australia. I was telling someone about that today. Yeah, I was. I was my wet. brilliant strategy: box the Euros. Except I forgot to turn the page. Forgot the old order of Australia was even in the race. 
just in other words, like modern games, modern games crushed us in the scratched unscratched race. Went back to Europe this year, won nothing, got beat regularly, comes back over here, bingo, gallops. <laughs> like for fun. Yeah. All right, well, um, good luck if you're playing. Spaces. Good luck. Spaces. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm a little punch drunk, but. I don't think there's anything coming up. Uh, I think, yeah, next, next week is Keeneland, right? Yep. So that's coming up. That's always a good thing. Keeneland in the fall is not quite as good as Keeneland in the spring, but it's still Keeneland. Right. And you know what I'm looking forward to? Wesley Ward winning all the races? No, no, no. Oh. The, the $3 turf deal. Oh, the, the turf pick three. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yep. I like that. I like that, but I don't hit it very much. But well, I hit a, I hit a few of them. But when you do hit them, <clears throat> they're worth hitting. Paid well every time, to be honest. Like They're worth hitting. Yeah. But it's a good bet. I can't believe that no one You know, my, my one soapbox though. thing, the one soapbox thing I have now is the revert back to dollar pig fours for everything. I know you could play it anyway, but this should be the minimum. Dollar should be the minimum. And it should get some sort of... We should, we, we should as an industry, come to the, the conclusion that we're going to have standard payouts. So the the probables or, or even the, the payouts when after the race are over, they, they show the standard number, so it's not so... Right, keep it at a dollar. Some places a dollar, some places at two dollars, some places. Right, Canada is twenty cents. Yeah, the twenty cent pick three is just one I just don't get. <laughs> just doesn't, doesn't, it just well, doesn't, you know what? It I doesn't resonate the, the the twenty cent pick three. I got used to it playing Australia races. Yeah, but Australians got sixteen, eighteen horses in a race sometimes. Yeah, and and their pick fours are perfect at twenty cents, <laughs> and they still pay. Right. I mean, all you have to do is beat one chalk too. It's it's almost like here, and and it's wild. They they pay very very well. I don't know what I never really kind of ventured and looked at the the pool size of those things, but I should. Just to to kind of get an idea, because even the you know sometimes I mean I guess it depends. You have to really get a long shot up at like Mobine or Woodbine for well, for the pick four to be outrageous, but not the pick five, and they're both twenty cents. No, they're really the put the way you got to do it. You just have to beat an odds on horse, right? You just got to beat. You like, don't if the odds on horses win, favorite. you're just doomed to to. A, Eleven dollar pick four. I mean, I think one of the you hit the superfecta in the Pennsylvania Derby and it paid, yeah. paid extremely well, way better than I thought. And part of the reason, I mean, a huge part of the reason is is a, is a big field. And you know, we're just used to, get used to something after a while, and and we're used to 
seven horse fields being considered a big field. And when you get that money spread out and you get 11 betting interests in a race, those payoffs just go through the roof, comparatively speaking, compared to, you know, what we're used to. So, you know, you you see a, a first choice over a second choice over third choice over like the sixth choice. Fifth or sixth choice. Or right. Yeah. And you're, you're expecting, you know, come back yeah. for, for a dollar, come back like 34 bucks. So when it comes back a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fizzler time, baby. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just another case where you know, field size matters. It does. It really does. I mean, that that's the best example yeah. you could give on it. Like I said, we're we're so beaten down from seeing short prices all the time that when one pays what they should pay, then we, we kind of like, wow, you know, that's a thing. It happens. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's gotten to be so so much, um, so many offs. I'm losing the ability to speak. No, you're right. Because... I don't have Bell's palsy, but <laughs> oh, what uh, you know, we see all the time. How many times a week? Do we see a race and and guys are like, oh, I don't know, that number looked a little short. <laughs> we hear that all the time. A lot. We very rarely hear, wow, that paid more than I thought. Right, never. Hardly. It's like a, it's like, it's like a ten to one uh, ratio. But you're right. I mean, honestly, you know, I don't know if people out there understand that I don't spend an inordinate amount of time handicapping like analysis of a race. I spent a lot of my time trying to maximize profit, trying to create value through betting. And you gotta, like you said, you know, it's like, you know, I, I try to get crafty with what I'm doing so I can maximize profit when, you know, something like that, where, I didn't really think that the super was going to pay all that great the way I played it. And it ended up being kind of an overlay. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Um, pay a hundred and $215 for a buck. Yeah. two fifteen for a dollar. That's with a favorite over second choice or third choice. Yeah. I mean, other than the fourth choice finishing, fourth it seems like it probably would have paid okay <laughs> either regardless yeah you know unless somebody just destroyed you know one straight combo yeah the pools are big though so i mean it's hard to believe that that there would have been one number so buried that it, it just made everything else higher but yeah i mean it, it's just it's crazy because you know i i know you know but um it's hard to come up with the right bets at the right time to, to kind of get the most out of each race when you, when you hit. No, it's true. And it's, it's, and you know, when you look at the race afterwards, a lot of times things look much more clear and bets look much better. And it's, Oh my God, I should have had that. Or, uh, and you know, you have to realize that, that um, very rarely does the race run exactly as you expect. So there was other scenarios that, that you forget that, well, you know, this guy might have got a loose lead and he didn't. And 
but um it just was it was nice to see uh um an over healthy payouts yeah yeah like i said (laughs) we're we're so beaten down from seeing seven dollar exactas and three to five shots it's just uh it's like derby is like the craziest thing ever because every every race is is ridiculous yeah like even the chalk ones are are just they pay fantastic when people complain about the 20 horse field it's like no you can't complain about that one race a year the fact of the matter is it makes it the best betting race of the year a lot of times i mean look at this year if you could come up with rich strike which i could not have no way that was that was almost like the Hallelujah. Unless you had a uh, if where the horse just didn't look anything. <laughs> I still don't understand how that horse won. It didn't win the other day when it ran. <laughs> it was, where was that Hallelujah when I needed him? <laughs> I needed the the old. It ran the other day like it was tied to the rail. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a tough beat, man. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing. At you. <laughs> uh, I can laugh too because I least still remember something. I, you know, I would have been more mad if I didn't hit anything. <laughs> when when I, I, I remember looking totally at you, whiffed when when we we were watching the race and, and it was pretty apparent that that horse was going to win and it was the only horse you didn't have covered. <laughs> and I looked at your face; you just had that look of like, how how yeah. is this happening? Of, of, and it was like in slow motion. I saw the horse coming <laughs> up the rail, and I was like, "Who is that? This is horse that, is going." Is that, to... is that Jackie Davis? <laughs> Holy shit! Seven's gonna win. <laughs> oh, this horse is gonna win. I can't believe it. Uh, I should have bet more on my saver, but <laughs> I mean, at least I know I should just. I should have just went to the ATM and just buried it. But um, you know. I, at least it was a good story all the way around. Like, you know, yeah, the mean, win was, was good was... for the Davis family and, you know, it gave us a good story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was, I mean, uh, those are, it was a good win for them. You know, the whole story about people that used to watch the races from, from outside the gate during the pandemic when they wouldn't let them in, they were watching over the fence, decided to buy a horse and the horse wins the race. Saratoga. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. That's cool, though. That's really cool. It is. But Cinderella, you know, the, in every Cinderella story, the clock does strike midnight. So, mm. and midnight was the other day for the old <laughs> at the at the BAQ at, at the <laughs> the House of Broken Dreams. <laughs> Back with us. <laughs> Join the club where where they use the Belmont saddle towels to kind of trick. 57 people that are there that aren't high <laughs> into thinking they're at Belmont Park. <laughs> oh, man. I gotta get over to that place. I haven't been there in so long. I can't even remember the last time I was at. Me neither. It's been a long time. I had to be. Seriously, I cannot. A teenager. I'm trying uh, to think of the last time I was at Aqueduct, but. Um, I had to be a teenager. I, I was probably like 13, 14 years old the last time I was there. I may not have been at Aqueduct since, since uh, I'm, as a matter of fact, the last time I was Aqueduct 
might have been when I ran in, in the Fall Highway Handicap on Thanksgiving. That that might be the last. I can't think of any other time I would have been there. Well, I'm guessing the turkey that was like 2013. Oof. Maybe 2012, something like that. Anyways, uh, thank you for your time and your excessive candor. Yeah, that was my fault, Time Lord. I, I provided the extension this time. The Lord of Time. Checking your times. Like Santa Claus is going <laughs> to check if he was naughty and nice. The Time Lord checks your fractions. You know what they should do is like on the NBC broadcast or any 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 simulcast outlet is just have a picture of Time Lord next to the time. With a big, you know, clock. like with him, like pointing like to he, a watch. They should, get, they should get like a flavor flavor clock. Exactly. Oh, maybe that's what I'll buy him one and send it to him. <laughs> that's what he needs. Wear it around his neck next yeah. time he goes to Remington. <laughs> with a Time Lord shirt. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we got Christmas presents for Craig. Uh, Craig doing, doing the yeoman's work of trying to keep the the figures accurate for for all the players. Let's see if he makes it into minute ninety. Well, we made it to past our. Intended cutoff again. <laughs> Just barely. Kind if you've of. made it to this point in the podcast, you are. You are soldier. You are special. <laughs> special Olympics, perhaps. <laughs> but we thank you. Thank you. We thank you wholeheartedly. We'll thank you in person. Yeah, we will. Literally. If you vend us $3. <laughs> We will send you an autograph. No, the best is when horse players... Rec- an autograph losing ticket. They request Venmos from, from jockeys for bad rides. <laughs> that is so funny. That's the greatest. Uh, I mean, it, it'll get old after a while, but I mean... Yeah. Time you do it, it's, it's actually pretty good. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, well... For the four people that are still tuned in, we will be back next week better than ever. Yes, sir. All right. See you later. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, They have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. Your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the freshman stallion of the year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, 
just made it 3-for-3, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. So Barry came up with an excellent idea. A Saratoga racing block, the going in circles, daily Saratoga racing block. Patterned sort of after the great Stephen Christ, who, when he worked for the racing form, did a Saratoga daily block. Uh, Steve retired several years ago, and we figured, what the hell, let's, let's try to put our own together. And so far, it's gone seemingly... Well, if you haven't seen it, check it out at goingincirclesdigest.substack.com or we put the link up every day on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, all sorts of social media. Uh, Check it out.